All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you very much, Lisa. Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio, episode 109. It's time for hockey talk with your favorite panel of experts. I'm Bag Milk. I'm joined by <laughs> Nation Dan, Rick, whoa, and Tyler Remchuk. We're your yeah, experts now? That's right. Well, You're Damn straight we are. Yes, we are absolutely experts, and everybody is entitled to our opinion. Uh, as we <laughs> always do, we start off the podcast by thanking our friends out at Sherwood Ford, out in beautiful Sherwood Park, Alberta. It is time to winterize your vehicle. If you need a tune-up, an oil change, fresh set of tires, whatever you need for the coming tundra, head on out to Sherwood Ford. They would be happy to help. And this is where I turn the podcast over to my friend Tyler Uremchuk, who has got this week's Sherwood Ford Giant Question of the Week. Yeah, this is an interesting debate I heard earlier today. Figured might as well bring it onto the podcast here. The NHL, the idea of generating as much revenue as possible for next season to make sure that next season, A, can happen, and B, can happen as you know normally as possible, potentially. So the question is, would you be okay if the NHL started doing an one advertisement on jerseys? And the rules would probably be something like, it's one advertisement kind of, you know, on the opposite side of where the C would be. So your, your left chest area, I suppose. And uh, the, the logo, like what they do in the NBA, it would have to match your color scheme, I believe. It would have to be something like that. You couldn't have, you know, an Oilers jersey that has a red Rogers logo on it. If Rogers wanted to buy the ad, it would have to be like an orange or a blue Rogers logo on the, on the jersey kind of. 
So I, that's where we're going to go with the short for giant question this week. Would you be okay if the NHL started having one advertisement on each team's jerseys? Anybody want to jump in? Yeah, sure. Well, that's easy. Yeah, no problem. That's that's exactly the way I look at it too. Like, no, I mean, honestly, it's already- dude, I don't even mind. I don't even mind what you see when you watch like the Spangler Cup and shit. Yeah, I don't. Oh, you don't bother, bother me. bother me at all. I'm surprised that you took the get- side, though, Rick. Like so, guys, some people like, lose their mind about it. Yeah. I've never really, that's never really annoyed me. Well, first of all, I think we've been conditioned, as you guys mentioned, with the Spangler Cup, with the uh, World Championships, all those kinds of things. We've seen the ads show up on helmets. We've seen the jerseys of the referees where they're, you know, an entire billboard for a company kind of thing. So I think we've been conditioned to it. And then second of all, I don't think any of us can can really, you know, blame the league for looking for any kind of revenue source to be able to pull in during this pandemic to be able to kind of equalize everything because I mean there is going to be teams that aren't going to be able to have a gate and yeah. and then there is going to be teams that do have full attendance so it's it's uh, you know it's you, you understand it and for the Oilers you know our team and our team colors are based off of uh, an old oil company themselves so you know it's not it's not out of the realm of uh, understanding for us and, and I think the pandemic has only kind of shifted our mentality that way more so. Yeah, I for me it's like you know what you look at the NBA who who's done it for a few years now. When you're watching a Raptors game, like could, how many Raptors fans could even tell you who the jersey sponsor is? Probably, or I should say, casual Raptors fans. Most people don't even notice the little Sun Life financial patch on the jersey because it blends in. And I think at a time right now where the league should be looking for any sort of revenue that they can, I think this is a great way to do it. I would have zero problem if the Oilers came out next season and it was a nice Sherwood for the Giant patch on their jerseys. And the other thing, too, it's not like they're going to be on the jerseys you go buy at a store either. You're going to be able to find your traditional Oilers Addy Zero jerseys with no advertisement. You can buy your McDavid 97. It's not going to be a problem. When you watch it on TV, the odd time you will see the front of a player with their logo, with the logo there. And I just I don't see why that would be a problem. To me, it kind of reminds me of even if they did sell jerseys with some of the ads on them, it kind of reminds me of soccer. In yeah. a sense, like when I was traveling, oh, I mean, this is a while back now. I I had a bunch of English buddies that they liked varying clubs in the uh, the Premier League, and they would be able to tell how long somebody has been a fan by which ad was on the front of the jersey. And it actually turned into like a funny little thing where they're just like, "Oh, that guy's been around for a while. He's got you know fucking Chang on the front of his jersey or whatever." And I just. If this is what the NHL has to do to get a season going to make sure that the the league is healthy during a time when nothing is normal, then so be it. Who cares? Like, I couldn't care less. Uh, I wouldn't even mind, like Rick said, if they went full NASCAR and went, uh, you know, they went the uh, Spengler Cup route. Just, it is what it is. If this is what it takes for us to be able to watch hockey, then fine. And to be quite honest, the fact that we don't have ads on jerseys already is almost a little bit surprising given that it's such a easy thing to do to increase some revenue. Like if you look back at like, did people care when they added advertisements to the boards? Do you know what I mean? No, that's if you, exactly it. Yeah. If you look back at games in the eighties, it's almost weird now to see no ads on the board. So. Well, and then it also to that point too, bag milk on the ice advertisements have only really come into the, to the fold in the last like 10 years. I can remember the 2006 Stanley Cup run. There was nothing on the ice. Now you got four sponsorships around the uh, around the middle face-off dot, and then and then you're good. You've got the the television partners superimposing ads over top of the glass. Like yeah. it's 
you just you become you become desensitized to it. Initially, everybody is like, "Oh, I don't want that." The only the only issue that I see coming from it is when you hear about the players that say that uh, the advertisements are like becoming heavy with sweat and their jerseys are bec- are starting to become more cumbersome. That kind of thing. That's where you start to kind of get worried about when it's affecting the players. But you have to think that they'll be able to figure that kind of thing out and and be able to intertwine it into the jerseys. The other thing too. I believe there's already an advertisement on every NHL jersey because Adidas is allowed to put their logo on it. Like, no yeah. one complains about that. Like, the Adidas logo is an advertisement on the jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, I mean, I was actually expecting more of an argument on this question, to be honest. But I just, if this is what it takes to get hockey back and healthy in a time when they can't sell tickets or some people can sell tickets and others can or whatever it happens to be, who gives a fuck? I'm going to watch hockey without COVID. Like even without even like a year ago, I wouldn't have been fine with it. It really never really uh, bothered me all that much. Never bothered me either. Um, like Dan said, it's actually to me, it's actually kind of funny to see some of the ads. I find it interesting if you're at a game and you see people come out during a commercial break and they swap out ads on the boards. I find it interesting. Or the weird Heinz ketchup bottle that's upside down, despite the writing being right side up on the glasses, makes me laugh. <laughs> I don't know. There's it would just be interesting to be like, oh, uh, you know. Cornerstone Insurance is now a sponsor of an Oilers jersey. Like that would just kind of be interesting to see. It would be interesting to see who wants to pay for ads on Connor McDavid's jersey. And I would be all for it. I, I really could not care less. Because it'll be interesting. I mean, imagine on this conversation, we'll get an answer sooner than later because a tweet just came out from The Athletic. The NBA is targeting December 22nd as the start mm. of their season with, 70, with a 72-game campaign as their hope to finish before the Olympics that come up next summer. So if the NBA is looking at a date around there, it's not out of question to think that the NHL will be somewhere around there as well. And if that means we have ads on our jerseys when December rolls around, January rolls around, who cares? Let's just get back on this. I want to watch Connor do Connor things. Yeah. And actually breaking news as well. Elliot Friedman just tweeted that the, the NHL and their GMs just finished their meeting and they don't actually have any certainty as to when the date uh, or the format of the 2020-2021 season is going to be happening. Um, they're still aiming for January the 1st, according to that, as a target date, but nothing has been uh, nothing has been confirmed there. But they also did talk about the fact that they are talking about a unique site for a winter classic like Lake Louise. Uh, no, Lake Louise was kicked out. But it won't be possible. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't finish reading that tweet. <laughs> So, so that was an exciting dude, idea. I'm, but, I still think the NHL is missing a huge opportunity by not starting come December 1st. You'd have 24, 25 days of being on TV, of being the only sport on television outside of the NFL. That's huge for, um, but it's not possible. for what they want to do in America. Yeah, it's Why just logistics, it right? It's logistics, man. It's like it's straight up logistics. They straight don't even have they don't have answers as to when teams can uh, when teams can. Or t- if teams are going to be able to cross the border. Somebody you're raised the that, question. You're not necessarily going to have that come December 1st or January 1st or February 1st for that matter. So just, oh, I agree, it, but so just set it up. So set it up to so have a Canadian division and set it up so it follows today's rules. And if things change in the next whatever many days it is, you can alter things as you go. But I think what's best for the league as a business, especially now in this time, is to get on the ice as fast as possible, especially when there's nothing else on television. I just, I agree with what you're saying, but. But they have to do it in the right way. They have to get that the DA do it on in the right board. way, though. No, because yeah, but you can't, just, you can't just ham fist it in and, and pretend that, you know, we're going to figure it out as we go kind of thing. You have to have a plan know, in place. You're not guaranteed to know if anything's going to change come for January 1st. 
There's nothing no. to say that we're going to learn that, you know, in December no, no. 3rd, for that matter, that's something that all of a sudden January 1st, we can do this, that, or the other thing. Set it up so that you start the so you start on December 1st and then build your way backwards. Like, if you, that means you have to do a Canadian division, do a Canadian division. That means you have to put the, you need a Canadian AHL division, then do that too. Like, you just got to, you need to get out there and this is, you're missing a huge opportunity. Huge. I agree, but the logistics huge. just aren't there. Yeah, it like, just, it's just not there. there. You can figure it out. It's, 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 you figure you have all the rules right now. <laughs> but you can't start the year being like, oh, Canadian <laughs> division, we're in bubbles, and then at some point in February, just be like, oh, we're no, switching, we're switching. Change. No, no, you 100% don't change. I'm not saying change. I'm saying whatever you decide right now, or by the time the puck drops on, on the first game, is what you're stuck with for the whole season. But and we're talking fine. about a league... We're talking about a league that just put together a bubble hockey proposal perfect, and almost in about a, but in about a month, in about a month from announcement to execution of, you know, bringing the teams in and stuff. Well, we, you have to, I, I would think they had a lot more of that. Um, yeah, but that's what I'm that saying. Is that they, that's what I'm saying, but that you can't, but you can't say that, you know, we're talking, you're talking about starting on December the 1st. That's, yeah. that's what a month and 12 days, 11 days. That means that camps would have to open in like two weeks. November and to that 7th, point too, Tyler. November 17th was the original camp date for December 1st puck drop. But we've already, we've kind of discussed it on the podcast before. There's some teams that haven't touched a, a rink together since March, right? So you got to, you got to give them a little bit more time to, to gel stuff together and put things together. So then you're, then you're talking about the logistics no, of the Detroit Red Wings and the Ottawa own. Senators. Those yeah, but. need to get ready on their own. That has to be a part of it all, right? It has to be a part of the agreement between the PA and the NHL. It's and just, yes, it's just not happening. Get it done. We just keep we keep slowing things down. I think it's obvious what we're waiting for. We're waiting for fans to get to be allowed in, right? Well, and we're waiting for the border to potentially be more open and for the quarantine period to not be as long, which could well, be well, coming even here. Al- even Alberta, right now. We're almost on a two-day quarantine, finally. Well, at one wow. airport, potentially, if testing goes well. Yeah. like There's so many hurdles you still have to clear here. And I think for the NHL, the NHL had a huge, huge, huge TV deal like some of these other leagues. I'd agree with you, Rick. But the bottom line is the NHL is a gate-driven league. They need that gate money. So they're not going to start in December if they think there's a... Fans. You're getting new fans. This is what I'm saying is like to get on the TVs in the U.S. But so new fans new doesn't watching. directly go to money right away, and they need money they right will away. Tomorrow. That's fair, but yeah, that's fair. I get that. Um, but it will. It, it may not do it today because you can't get into an arena today. But if Joe Blow out in Kansas City is watching, and all of a sudden he wants to go watch a game come the next season, now he's going or she's going to games who wouldn't normally go. And because of it, it it's really, it comes, it's like uh, the last lockout when all of a sudden uh, poker became huge on television, right? It just took over. It was the only thing out there. They took advantage of the situation. I think the NHL as a state can do the same thing. They'd still be fighting with the NFL, which is three days it, a week. Yeah, but what's on, what, what, who's going to watch what sports on Tuesday and Wednesday and Friday and Saturday? It's, These four guys right now on this on this podcast are going to be pulling their goddamn hair out because we have nothing to watch. And I get it, but it's just you have to see that it's not realistic to just be like we're just gonna we we quickly quickly start the season. Like you need to do it right. Part of the reason the last bubble worked so well is that they took their time setting it up. Well, that's fair, and I agree with you. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. They should have had this. This should have been started already. They should, and I'm almost tell, uh, be very surprised that they don't have some things set in place already because they know those rules they're already okay with some rules like hey we can do this we can do that we have questions about this questions about that and we're just going to keep going and longer and longer 
Like they, I, I honestly think they should have been speeding things up a bit, not in a way of uh, neglecting certain areas. So all of a sudden you'd be, you know, you have COVID cases, but starting earlier in getting a real plan. So that meant we had to do a Canadian division. Then just, you know what? Stop humming and hawing and decide on it. We're going to do a Canadian version or division. Sorry. It would be, first of all, you guys can argue all day. It's like music to my ears. I'm just sitting here enjoying it. But like, it's going to be interesting to see how this comes. Because I'm trying to think back now. It feels like when the NHL announced the playoff plan, the return to play plan, that things really ramped up quickly. Yeah. Uh, if I, am I remembering that correctly? I yeah, feel like that fast. was the case. Everything kind of, these days just kind of blend together. Now I'm losing track of all time. But it feels like once they have a plan, they can execute it quickly. So, uh, the, for me, I guess the bright side is I don't know what the answer is. I would agree that they are missing an opportunity to not be first out because it would be, oh, shit, I'll watch a hockey game. I've never watched hockey before. Like, I get yeah. that angle as well. But there's also, it's like Tyler and Dan were saying, there's the logistics of making it work. Like, are, which cities are hubs? Are we doing hubs? Are we doing empty arenas? Are owners expected to fly everybody around like baseball is doing? I don't have the answers. It's no, going to be interesting was, to see. But well, what I care to, about... They're going to have to decide it sooner or later. So if they started this conversation a month ago, but I just feel like they've been kicking the can down the road, hoping that well, all of a sudden something's going to become... Some fairy's going to come along and say, okay, everything's fine. We can go back to normal now. I think you, we you also, still have a tough decision to make. You're still going to play. And they, they want to play an 82-game season. You start January 1st or February 1st, you're playing a 50 to 60. You're talk, but you're, talk, you're also talking about like, you know, get get everything done. We did just finish free agency and an NHL draft like two weeks ago, right? Okay, but so this, it's not these like are, uh, these are still all these are still all the uh, the guidelines that were signed upon by everyone in the PA and the owners um, for the for the return to play, right? Like it was they this was all part of the the, the package they signed that you know November seventeenth is camp, December first is puck drop. Um, obviously, there's asterisks there, and they can be pushed around or moved around a bit. Uh, but I just don't see anything happening, good or bad, that makes you push it back. Yes, they're probably behind schedule now to, to, to do that. So I'm probably no longer in, on board with dropping the puck on December 1st. So I don't want to see things go get done half-assed. But if they started a little bit earlier and just made the rock-solid decisions, okay, we have to do this because these are the rules, we have to do that, but we need to drop the puck December 1st and figure things out backwards. I think they just missed an opportunity to get out there. To me, one of the funniest things that, like, I'm reading uh, the thread of tweets that Elliot Friedman put out about, you know, too many unknowns with the border, blah, blah, blah. But then tweet two in that thread goes about how there was an in-depth conversation about the fucking draft lottery, which to me is hilarious. Because we just spent the last few minutes talking about when the NHL is going to get back on the ice. And one thing that the GMs apparently felt the need to have a deep conversation about was the draft lottery. Again, I find that to be hilarious. There like might not be a season and the GMs are like, listen, if another fucking team comes from outside the top 10 and wins this lottery, we don't want there to be a league. Cancel the whole thing. I just find that to be hilarious. Like of all the things that they should be talking about, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. All right. Okay. No Lake Louise. That's fine. Okay. Maybe we have to start in January, but let's, Get, let's let's really tackle this draft lottery because there's no fucking way that the Rangers should have won Lafreniere and it pisses <laughs> me off. Uh, it's just ridiculous. It's so funny. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how we do. Uh, are we going to have ads on our jerseys? We all think it's a good idea if it means getting a little bit of money. Maybe getting that done 
ASAP and just announcing we're doing ads on jerseys would help speed things up a little bit because that would make owners feel a little bit better. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, how in the long run, aspects of it. Those, the money you get from that, would that not in the long run help raise the salary cap as well? It would. Like the players would probably sign off on it immediately. The other yeah, thing, the other thing I wanted to say, logos then. Uh, just to tie us, this subject into the next one, I think that's part of the reason they're doing this reverse retro series right now that you're seeing leaked around. I think part of their plan is let's try to get a new jersey for every team out and available for purchase by Christmas, hoping that, like, we'll talk about the one that Tom Gazzola had on his on his Twitter. I think Aesthetics had it on their website as well. If that Oilers jersey comes out, I'm getting one because I think they're sweet. And if every team can do that and make a nice jersey that, you know, 25% of their fan base goes out and buys, that's an easy way to make some money. Attach yeah, it to so, a full apparel line, hats, shirts, hoodies, all that stuff, right? Just in time for Christmas and really get that money coming. Even though there's no games, you can make money. Yeah, I think that it's just inevitable. Like, I mean, that's been the way that the league has gone over the last year. It's just a new third jersey every year. I So I want to talk about this third jersey um, in a second. First, I want to give a shout out to SkipTheDishes.ca. Last night, gentlemen, you will be happy to know that uh, your boy bag milk got a little tipsy and ordered about $100 worth of Chinese food. So I'll be eating Chinese food for the next 12 days probably, which is the perfect amount of Chinese food to order, courtesy of our friends at Skip the Dishes. I've got everything a hungry boy like myself could ever hope for. And I didn't have to leave. I didn't have to go anywhere. My driver was very friendly. I tipped him handsomely. We had a nice little conversation through the window. Happy to see him. Happy to eat. Thank you, Skip the Dishes, for keeping me fed. Okay. So back to Tom Gazzola's tweet about the jerseys. If you haven't seen it yet, I'm going to include it in the article for the podcast at OilersNation.com. So I'm going to include Tom's tweet in there. Basically, what they did is it's a throwback to the WHA days. White body, but they've gone orange instead of blue on the shoulders and on the logo. Um, I think it looks cool. I want to get your guys' thoughts on it before I offer my beef on this third jersey. What do you guys think of the colors, the scheme, what they have planned for this new one? I already voiced my opinion. I think it's sick. I'd get one. I'm already imagining myself going into Rogers once we're allowed 18,000 people again, and I am <laughs> rocking a crisp Leon Dreisaitl Oilers reverse retro jersey. You know, I'm, I was never a big fan of them messing with the logo on their last jerseys, but now that they've done it, and he, honestly, going back to that WHA look, it's sweet. The orange logo makes it different. I think white jerseys are always crisp. I, yep. Maybe I'd like a little bit more blue in there somewhere, but regardless, I think it's a dope jersey. 10 out of 10. Yeah. I think it's I think it's different enough that it's uh, that it's a new Stacey, or Malibu Stacy hat kind of yes. uh, thing, and Thank I like you. that. Thank it's, you. It's a neat idea. Um, I like I, I, you know I'm fully on board with the idea again. Like you guys said, of uh, I think it was Tyler that said that you know you're you're pulling in some revenue for a jersey here, right? And it's just it makes sense and it will look crisp. I would love to see the white be more of that um, that like cream color, like uh, almost like a sweater washed out look. Almost kind of like what they do for the Heritage Classic games. Kind of yeah, the old ones, that. The old school. yeah, yeah. Have it kind of have it have that feel to it, but. But other than that, I mean, that's just nitpicking, right? Like, it, it looks clean. It looks smooth. The only thing I would like to have seen probably more is a Meteor jersey style, uh, style revamp. Fuck that logo. Uh... <laughs> Worst logo in this, franchise uh... history. Rick, thoughts on the third? Uh, I don't mind it. I don't know if I like the actual emblem itself. Like, I keep staring at it and going back to WHA pictures here. And I'm just, 
I don't know if I really dig that itself. Uh, but the rest, like the the back the back view of the uh, dry saddle jersey, is good. Um, I think it would probably fit in pretty nicely all this together with that creamy whitey look to it. Uh, but my preference is definitely that crisp white from like the Doug Wade jerseys. So if we wanted to bring a jersey, that's what I really want to see come back. These are cool and all, and yes, I'd probably go get one. Um, but it's not in my top three of ones I'd like to see come out. I'll tell you what, with all these Oilers, these flavors of Oilers jerseys coming out, when Nuge signs his extension, I am going to be a broke man. <laughs> because I said again and again that I'm going to buy every flavor of Nuge and Hopkins jersey I can. My problem is, let me know what you think. I would love just once for the Oilers to do a third jersey and have it look completely different. I'm not talking about necessarily about the Todd McFarlane Meteor jersey. Um, I actually didn't mind that one, to be honest. But a different, like, do something different entirely. Not just recoloring the logo. And like Dan said, it's Malibu Stacy's new hat. I just, I would love to see them do something completely different. Oilers in the Oilers in the Rangers diagonal thing? Yeah, or like something like that. Or just some play on Edmonton. Or fuck, even throw Hunter on the front of it. I don't know. Just get (laughs) weird with it. Get a little bit creative and do something different. Because... To me, and again, please tell me if I'm wrong, this is almost kind of taking advantage of Oilers fans a little bit because it's the same jersey, it's just different colors. It's the same jersey every year, but just different colors. It's just, yes, it's new, but it's not. I just like to see them do something, even if they swing and miss. I would way rather see that, a little bit more creativity, maybe get a local designer to do something. Um, well, and that's, to work together. That's, yeah, that's what the Meteor jersey was, right? Like that was that was what they were doing. They came out with something brand new. The only thing that was that existed from the old logo was the the oil drop. Everything else was all new. And yeah, for some people like Tyler, it missed. But you're 100 percent correct. If you did something where you just you flame out horribly and it's the new flaming snot donkey from the flames, fine. <laughs> But, you know, it, like, at least you tried, right? It, it, yep. It's not just it's not just going back to the WHA or the 80s or the or even the 2000s or the, the 90s. Like, it's just it would be something that would be I'm on board with that. I just I just I would love to see, you know, the Oilers are a monstrous company. I would love to see them just show a little bit of creativity. Maybe, get, like I said, get in touch with local artists in the community, have some kind of even contest to design their third the logo on their third in the color scheme. I think there's an opportunity missed there. Um, actually, you know what? The funny one to me is I'm looking at Tom's tweet right now as we're talking about this. The Detroit Red Wings third just looks like exactly every other thing. Detroit Red Wings <laughs> jersey ever. So, wow, the Oilers aren't alone. In, it's got to be tough doing a do an original six reverse retro. The though. Habs one, no, like, the Habs one is blue, which I mean, some might think you know, oh, blue like the Leafs and get mad about it. But I think that's I think the Oilers almost fall into that category where. You don't want to do anything too insane with their jerseys. I think they have a iconic look, and I think just doing little tinkering, like changing the colors and all that, that's fine for me. So you wouldn't like you wouldn't at all be up for them just being like, "We're swinging at something, and it's different." Like maybe as an example, what about uh, on one of the old Oilers jerseys? They had that the the oil Derek guy on the shoulder. Yeah, something just different like that. Off of that, yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know. Just something. Yeah, you guys, you guys are the antithesis to whatever, whatever uh, Bag Milk and I are trying to come up with here. Well, like, you guys are just like, nah, I'm looking nah, at a mock up nah. that we had on the site a while ago of like what the Addy Zero version of that oil drop jersey would look like. And it's cool. Like, it looks interesting. Ah, you're warming to it. But, You're warming up to it. But to me, I, I, I just want to see the Oilers in their classic look, man. That's why I wasn't a huge fan of last year's third jersey. I'm like, it went too far away from the classic look. That's why I hated the pajama jerseys they wore in like 09. Yeah, I those are terrible. I like the classic Oilers look. I think it's <laughs> good enough for me. Tinker with it in these third and fourth retro jerseys and all that. But just keep it somewhat consistent. I don't know. I'm boring like that, though. <laughs> But the PJ jerseys were just a were just another Malibu Stacy's new hat idea where it was a it was well, the exact same jersey. logo, same color scheme, just done a little bit differently. And they thought, you know, if we just cut off the piping on the arms halfway, everybody will love it. Like it just was, it's just a miss again, but not trying anything new. Also, for the record, uh, I went to a game with Rick last year, and he was rocking the third, the bear, the third jersey, and they it looked did. sharp. They were dope, man. They were really. They were better once we got them going. They got out there and you're wearing them. You saw them live and stuff. Uh, everything on whatever the computer has always been kind of blood to me. Uh, the issue with the New Jerseys for me, though, was the name bar getting all folded up and creased up. Oh. That material. Like, is your number yeah. is your number creased at all, Rick? I don't think so. I'll be, going, I'll be going home to check it tonight. I found that they got, they got creased super quickly. Yeah, yeah the only the, problem I remember having... The only problem I remember Rick having with his jersey is when he really mustered it up his oh, was, jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, towel, uh, Mrs. Towel Boy t- uh, told me how to get uh, get the stain out. So when I got home, stain is fully gone. Thank you, Mrs. Towel Boy. She like I'm looking at the San Jose Sharks. Their third jersey for next year is a replica of the California Seals uniform. Oh, I, think that was fake. That, I think that was fake. Yeah, was it really? Because I would have. Yeah. I would have loved that. I thought that's what I'm looking for is just like an homage to something else, a little bit weird. But we don't have that. Yeah, but I, I mean, I feel like there's got to be something. I don't want to hang on. Go, what, what were the hockey teams in Edmonton before, like uh, the Oilers? It'd be, like, the it'd be cool if they did something for the Mercuries, the Edmonton Mercuries. Yeah, that the 52 Olympic that's the Olympic team? team, yeah. Yeah, yeah that'd be cool. I don't know, or or uh, or the green and gold, where you just you know you throw out to the to the other sports team. Like it's just I don't know. It's, <laughs> there's ways that you could do it. Let's let's let them get a name first, and then we'll do that. Or we put the trappers logo on it, and that's what we rock. <laughs> the old teal and silver trappers logo. I love me a trappers logo. Anyway, it's gonna be interesting to see uh, new jerseys coming. Whether you think it's new or not, I like them. I would probably I would rock a nude on that. I don't hate it. I just wish they would get a little bit more creative when it comes to their jersey designs. That's all. But that'd be uh, the logo. You just, that's the logo. Then all of a sudden, right? Because they've, they've altered the yep. colors, and you're like, well, whatever, whatever, whatever. But now you're talking the actual logo. Yep. Just something different because they don't wear them that often anyway. I just want to be. Sometimes you take a swing. Sometimes you miss. Who's was a Photoshop guy? Let's get a couple versions of the Oilers in a diagonal. I yeah. suck at picking. We call upon. Oh the- yeah. <laughs> Uh, gentlemen, the other news that happened this week, I think probably a, a sizable surprise for a lot of Oilers fans was to see everyone's favorite cowboy, Inca, one-year extension worth $1.25 million. I know on this podcast specifically, I'm pretty sure all four of us thought that he probably wouldn't be here yeah. by the time the offseason uh, w- wrapped up. But 
Chris Russell not only will be here for the 2021 season, whenever that kicks off, but also the following one as well, provided that he doesn't get snapped up in the expansion draft. Just going to go around the horn. First thoughts on the Chris Russell extension. Tyler. Uh, good deal. Makes sense. All that. Like when you have it explained to you in terms of the expansion draft and how they have to expose a D man, it's cool. Um, my issue with Chris Russell was never the type of player he was. It was the contract he had. He's a good third pairing defenseman who was making good second pairing money. And that's, that just didn't add up for me. So I never hated Russell. I hated his contract. I now like his contract and I now like Chris Russell a lot more that (laughs) even if he's your seventh defenseman in that season, how are you complaining about that? That's a guy who you know can give you honest minutes, good defensive D-man. You know, he still skates pretty well. Like, there, there's a lot of reasons to like that deal. The expansion's one of them. Getting the depth short up is another one as well. Solid deal from Uncle Ken. Rick? Yeah, no, Tyler's right there. Eight to ten minutes on the ice as a third-pairing guy. I have no problems with that there. Um, he's going to get a lot of defensive zone starts, so... Off the glass out, we're going to see it a couple more times than normal. But hey, whatever. I'm still not 100 percent he'll be here though. Um, if we ha- like, I'm fairly certain before that 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 season kicks in is when the uh, the, the expansion draft is. Yeah. So I'm I'm crossing my fingers that that's his, uh, that's kind of where he gets scooped up. Uh, I think my preference would have been though moving on from him this year only because of our salary cap situation and his salary cap hit and trying to find a better option. But I guess in that situation, even if you give that guy a two-year deal like this year and then the uh, next year for the draft issues, maybe all of a sudden that guy we bring in isn't as attractive of of an option to the Kraken that Russell will be. So in the long run, if this helps us keep um, Caleb Jones, I'm all for it. Sam? Yeah, I think it's uh, you know I I agree with both uh, both Tyler and and Rick there. Um, very palatable contract now for the guy that he is um, at that number, but uh, I think that this probably signals that he is here. I don't I don't necessarily agree with Rick on that one. Um, it's but it's I don't think we I don't think we're going to lose him to the Kraken either. I just think that that was filling out the roster to be able to not have to or to be able to have that option of, uh, of protecting the four defensemen if you need to. Um, we're probably losing a forward in that situation then, uh, possibly a Jesse Pugliarvi even. Um, but I just, I you know, you, do, you don't fault Chris Russell again. He's he's a serviceable defenseman if he's paid like the defenseman that he is. And that's and that's where he's at now. So I'm, I'm okay with it. He's, he's not a guy that you're upset having on your team for a million bucks as opposed to four million. For me, that's exactly it. I wrote it in the news release when it went up that I think for a lot of the Russell detractors, if he had been signed for the last four years at $1.25 million, then nobody would have cared as much than what Pistol Pete gave him with the 4 by 4 and the limited no trade. So I think it's fine. I actually think the biggest win for the Oilers would be if Ken Holland can convince the Kraken to take James Neal in expansion. That's would fair. they want to do that? I have no idea. But it's also going to be interesting to see what these GMs have learned from the Vegas expansion and how they manipulate or make side deals to avoid players or take certain players. Like Dan mentioned, Jesse Pugliarvi. Like if Jesse comes into town and scores, you know, 15 goals this year, he's going to be an attractive option for an expansion team. What would Uncle Ken have to give the Kraken to leave him alone? Um, I'm expecting a bunch of those deals. Maybe not as 
uh, intense as we saw against Vegas because there were some puzzling ones in that expansion draft. But we'll just have to well, wait and see what happens. Off the top of your guys' head, what did Ken Holland do to protect? Who was he protecting in his draft? Because he definitely made the move for Nosek, right? No, I think they just uh, took Nosek straight up, didn't they? Oh, did they? Okay, I thought I couldn't remember if he if he had made a deal to try and swing it so that it was Nosek and not somebody else. But I I couldn't remember off the top of my head. And I'm guessing that nobody else. I'm going to look into this really quickly, but I I believe Detroit was just so bad that Thomas Nosek was legitimately the best player on their roster. Um, so the trades right now, yeah, I, I don't see Detroit as having made a trade. Okay, all right. Yeah, so it Fair looks enough. like they. Let me see here. They protected Detroit. Protected Franz Nielsen, Justin Ablicator, Anthony 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 Hughes. Still looking for a job, by the way. Anthony Manta, Nyquist, Tatar, Zetterberg, DeKaiser, Green, and Jensen. Well, with Jimmy Howard as well. Doesn't look like any side deals from Holland there. But and I guess if he's protecting Tatar, he wasn't really looking at a high end uh, high end protection there. And Vegas, Tyler was correct. They did take Thomas Nosek. So um, okay. it's going to be interesting to see how Holland approaches this draft because last time the Oilers skated through relatively easily because Connor was exempt. You know what I mean? There's a bunch of players that well now you have to protect Connor. You're going to protect Leon. You're going to protect Nuge. Um, but there are going to be who choices else, to make. Who else do we have to cover then? I don't know what, so, we're, what our schedule here is today, but uh, who who do you cover? Because I think if we do four forwards and four D men, is that is that an option? Yeah, so you can do That's that. What they're talking about. Yeah, I I'm I'm putting together a bit of an article on this. I think I'm going to try get it done this weekend or early next week. But their first option right now, if they had to do it today, I think it'd clearly be four defensemen and four forwards because you can go the eight skaters route, um, and it would be you know Nurse Clefbaum. Then you'd keep Jones and Bear. Then up front, McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, and definitely Yamamoto, which would leave Puljujarvi exposed. Is Yamamoto? Uh, uh, he's not exempt from this. Um, no, I, when I, you're I, too early. Yeah. When you're too uh, like uh, like dad's dad's exempt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, because that was a gift. That was Todd McClellan's probably greatest thankfully. gift to the Oilers, not playing him and Pizzarelli wanted him to. So dad's exempt. Broberg's obviously exempt too. So yeah. It's going to be some interesting choices. What would be yeah, really Yamamoto and older are the ones that yeah. we have to worry about. Yeah. What would be yeah. really interesting is if what if Puljujarvi? I'm not saying this is likely, isn't. What if he comes in and he scores like 20 goals this year, and you all of a sudden go, "Fuck, we should not be losing this guy," and you quickly want to go to a seven and three format where it's McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent, Hopkins, Puljujarvi, Yamamoto, and then you could even keep two more forwards. And what I'm pitching here is either Clefbaum's injury is so bad that you go, we can lose him because we don't think he's going to play anymore. So that's one possibility. Or two, if you think Clefbaum's coming back, the left side of your defense all of a sudden for that following year would be Nurse, who would be a year away from being a UFA, Clefbaum, Jones, Russell, and Philip Broberg, potentially William Lagason as an extra guy. All of a sudden, you have six left-handed defensemen. So what about some sort of deal where you're not dealing with the Kraken, because I would be worried about doing that, but you either trade Caleb Jones for a good young third-line center maybe, a good young winger, something like that. Find a team who can use an extra D-man and has a forward to spare and do that swap, or maybe next summer's the time where you move on from Darnell Nurse and you get a couple of forwards for Darnell Nurse. And if you trade one of Nurse or Jones, 
your top four would still be Clefbaum, whichever one of Nurse and Jones you don't trade, Broberg on your third pairing, who you're projecting to eventually be a top four guy anyways, and then the forwards you're protecting are McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, Puglia-Yarvi, because again, in this scenario, he had a good year, Yamamoto, and then you can easily protect the two forwards you acquired. Like, next summer might be the absolute best time to trade a defenseman because you got the pipeline of guys still coming up and you're going to have the flexibility come expansion time with forwards that a lot of other teams won't. Yep. I I, I honestly don't mind any of what you just said. I think that if they are going to make a move like that, the left side on D is the spot you do it from. And That's it's where pro- they... It's probably Darnell Nurse that you end up trading as much as I... You're gonna saying under, that you're gonna know what he wants for a contract by then, yep. and you're gonna you're gonna know whether or not it's gonna fit, um, what it's gonna subtract out of your current roster. So yeah, you're gonna have a really good idea of what uh, of what Nurse is by then. So yeah, you're probably right. I'm. I think I have to lean that way because I do feel like um, yes is gonna have a, a a good enough year where you're not gonna want him walk walk away for free. Yeah, I do. I, I just can't imagine a scenario where they put in a year and a half of work to yeah. rekindle that relationship. And if he comes in and has himself a decent season where they're just like, all right, buddy, good times. Enjoy uh, that fish market where they throw fish around. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just said they, they have to do something a little bit different from there. Um, changing gears a little bit, gentlemen, today, which is Friday, October 23rd, marks the fourth anniversary of the Heritage Classic out in Winnipeg. Rick and I were there, so I just want to quickly touch on, you know, what you guys remember for that weekend. Um, it was the first outdoor game New others have had since the original, and I was lucky enough to be there. It was a great weekend. We did the long bus ride into Winnipeg because obviously they don't have an airport, and we had probably one of the best and weirdest weekends that I can remember at the nation. We <laughs> stayed in a hotel that was also a hospital. So we were checking in when we first got there and there was somebody walking around with like an IV drip in their arm. And I'm just like, Rick and I were just like, what the And it wasn't like because he was hung over either. Like that dude, like, I don't know what it was, but he had an issue. He needed that for real life. For real. We for probably, real. The, the next day, we probably could have used one of those to walk around <laughs> and try and get over our hangovers. Um, but yeah, no, it was a, it was a weird, like you walked in and there's just a big foyer and you turn a right, and that's where you check into the hotel. And if you take a left, there's some double doors there. And you go through those, you're in the hospital all of a sudden. I had never been to an outdoor game before. Um, so for me, I was incredibly excited. Even I was excited to see, and again, I understand that the alumni game, these guys aren't what they once were. But for me, I had never been able to see Wayne Gretzky or Mark Messier in an Oilers jersey. And that was fun. It was fun seeing Smitty out there. Uh, Glenn Anderson was walking around the concourse later on in the day. In my article I posted today at OilersNation.com, Jay and Adam Mandrick got their picture taken with Mac T and Bookberger. And it was just like the vibes around that weekend were fantastic. So for Tyler and Dan, I'm wondering, um, what did you guys experience just kind of watching the Oilers in an outdoor game? Um, what did you think as you were watching it, as it was going on, about the whole spectacle of an outdoor game? just in general, because yesterday the NHL announced they're postponing both the All-Star Weekend and the Winter Classic that generally happens on January 1st. So just let's look at outdoor games in general and what you remember from the Oilers Heritage Classic against the Jets. I I remember it being a cool event to watch on TV, and, and that's kind of it, right? That's kind of all it is when it's not 
in your city and you don't make the trek out like you guys did. So it was cool to watch on TV. It gives you, you know, a different sort of flavor, something to look forward to in the middle of the regular season and all of that. Um, I would love if another one came to Edmonton because I'd love to experience it in person, obviously. But it's a cool, like, it's one of those things where on TV and in attendance, it's very cool, but for very different reasons. Well, I do want to talk about what events we would like to have come to Edmonton, but um, we'll get to Dan first. What did you think of the Heritage Classic a couple of years ago? Even just seeing the Oilers win a, win a huge game, what ended up being a run to the playoffs on a national stage like that? Yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of like what Tyler said. You know, it's, it's a different experience for sure, especially if you can't, if you can't make it to the game. Uh, I do remember the, the delay uh, for Sun. Yeah, two-hour uh, Sun delay. Yeah, that was uh, that's definitely that vividly sticks out in my mind. And then that goal from uh, from Darnell Nurse was definitely special there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys being there has a way better, way better story and a way better feel to it. Um, and I'm with Tyler 100. percent I'd I'd love to be able to uh, to attend one in person, even if it isn't in Edmonton, but just to be able to to see that kind of spectacle in person and the and the you know just the hoopla around it all because I think. I think you can probably speak to this bag milk and, and uh, Rick, were you there? Yes, I was. Yeah, you were there. So you guys can talk about, you know, like the camaraderie that you feel around those Jets fans. Like where usually when you see a Jets fan in an arena, you're like, you know what? Fuck you, buddy. Uh, you know, <laughs> line A sucks kind of thing. But when you're at a winter classic, you just kind of have that same kind of, you know, you're a hockey fan first and, and able to enjoy the game and the spectacle that's around you. The most interesting, you guys brought it up, the most interesting thing about being there was the, the two-hour sun delay. The game was supposed to start, and then they make an announcement that they have to wait two hours because there was too much sun on the ice. And everybody was just like, okay, well, what do we do now? And the answer was, drink every single beer in sight. They don't let you leave. So we were all just like on the concourse all of a sudden. We were all in the concourse. I was there with Chris, the intern. We, he, we were sitting together for that. He spent all my money. Uh, I had him doing beer runs for me. Mecklen Anderson, that was cool. And it was just a great vibe. And like Dan said, it was more of just an event for hockey fans because we had so much fun chirping back and forth with Jets fans during that two-hour break where there was nothing even going on because what else do you do? So drink and shoot the shit with the people around you. So... I loved it. It was great. And that's bringing me to a question now of Tyler and Dan both said it. Would love to go into an event like this. I want to talk about Edmonton specifically. If you're looking at an event to come back to Edmonton, would you look at something like a Heritage Classic where they, you know, they play at Commonwealth again? Or would you go a different route? Maybe the All-Star Weekend or the NHL Draft and you get to go see what that's like. If you had to pick your perfect event to go to in Edmonton, what would it be? Uh, Tyler, I'll start with you. Uh, for me, I think a Heritage Classic would be right up there. That would be my number one. Uh, I just, you know, the idea of hopefully they can do it and it won't be whatever it was last time it came here, like minus 30, whatever. Um, yeah, it was real cold. But, you know, a, a nice Heritage Classic in Edmonton at Commonwealth Stadium, I think that would just be a ton of fun. Uh, I, I also wouldn't mind seeing an all-star game eventually come here. That would be number two on my list, getting all the best players in the world. Once again, at Rogers place, the skills competition, all the festivities that go around it. I think the all-star game is an event that is tailor made for the city that hosts it. And it's a lot more fun for the city that hosts it. So number two would be an all-star game for me. Dan, what do you think? 
I'm going to go off the board here and I'm going to say I would love to see like a World Cup of Hockey uh, where you have the, the best on best tournament element to it, uh, especially especially where it's all NHL players. And so you're able to, you know, you're able to go and watch the Sweden versus Russia game and be blown away by the skill on the ice. It's not like I've been to World Junior Championships and not to take anything away from them. They're they're also intense and fun to watch. But but, you know, it's the three matchups in a in a week that you actually want to go see. And then there's the Slovakia versus, you know, the Czech Republic game or whatever. So I, I think a World Cup of Hockey would be number one for me. Um, and then, yeah, I'm with Tyler on the All-Star game, like having the, the fan fest and be able to, you know, go and meet some of the greats and they bring in all the greats from the Oilers teams because because it's in Edmonton kind of thing. It, it is more geared towards your host city. So, so yeah, an all-star game would be there for sure. And then probably a draft, honestly. I love, I love the idea of being able to just kind of shoot the shit in the upper bowl of a draft and, and be there for a lot of people's special day when they – you know they'll never get to experience that kind of euphoria again, and and you're able to watch it there. But but mainly, I'd like to just be able to be around Oilers fans again and be able to watch something live. So there you go, uh, Rick. We were both lucky enough to be in Winnipeg. Shout out to Mitzi's for their excellent chicken oh. fingers. Uh, world, which, world known. Which event would you like? By the way, there's something going on with Winnipeg where van cabs only allow four people max. Dude, they took the back seat out for wheelchair access, but they wouldn't let Jay Sen back there. Even like sit in that area, they said no. So there's only four of you can like, get in here, but there's five of us. Jay said, get in the damn van. We said no, all for one or one for all. We all got out. We all walked anyways, and we have some really good photos and like like rap album photos and and some of our nation gear in the darkness. It worked out well for us. Walking through Stab Country in Winnipeg at sure, 2 right. or 3 in the morning was something else. Also, allowing people that don't know anything about Winnipeg to guide us on our way back to that hotel almost ended up in Brandon, but that's a different story <laughs> entirely. Uh, Rick, which event do you, would you love to see come back to Edmonton? Uh, come I'm, to Edmonton even for the first time. I've been to now two outdoor games. I was at, obviously, the one in Winnipeg, and I was at the one that was here back in whatever, 02 or whatever the hell it was. Uh, that was freezing cold. So if we did that again, um, I'd like that in maybe in October. When we were in Winnipeg, man, it was nice. Right? Yeah, it was rainy or whatever. It was nice. It was in October, so whatever. The the weather was, was nicer. But um, for my job right now, All-Star Week, All-Star Weekend, whatever you want to call it, getting all those people into town, uh, that's where I'd, I would go 100% into um, you've got everybody in town. They've got they need places to go out at night. You know, we've always been lucky enough to get some some rather popular people come down. So that's always cool to get an opportunity to hang out with those people, have a couple of drinks with them, and chat with them. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm all in on uh, getting an all star game here somehow. I all those people in town. I think it'd be great for the city. Personally, through work, it'd be fantastic. Um, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Draft wise, I don't think I went to the one in '96. Um, I don't think I'd want to go to a drive. I get it. It's cool to be around that stuff, but you're probably not near any of the players. Uh, you're sitting up top and most of the good parts of the draft are part are, are what TSN does, right? Like it's, it's, it's the TV stuff. So I think if you're there, it might be kind of dry. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm all in on the, uh, bring me an Oscar game right now. Let's go. I will just to wrap this up before we get to hot and cold performers. I too would love an all-star weekend because of what Rick said. And I would love to go to the pint and hang out with people that I wouldn't otherwise hang out with because I know Rick and you would invite me. <laughs> um, but also, 
also, I think it'd be fun an All Star Weekend. Like I'm turning into a DJ, and uh, <laughs> a couple of buddies and I, we went to even just the skills competition a couple years ago, and we were just doing like dollar bets on stuff, and we had yeah. so much fun. And it would be a great time to do that with all the hype and you know everything the NHL puts into that weekend. I'd love to see an All Star Weekend. I'd love to see another Heritage Classic. I didn't get to go to the one in 2003, um, but I did watch on TV, and I was kind of happy I didn't get pneumonia. So that's fine. An October Heritage Classic would be great. Um, if you are listening to this podcast right now, hit us up on ON Radio Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. I want to know which event you would love to see come to Edmonton. Draft, All-Star Weekend, another Heritage Classic, maybe just Tyler doing some kind of art gallery of his mm. tasteful nudes. Whatever you think, we want to hear about it. Hit us up, ON Radio Podcast, on Twitter and Instagram. We've only got a few minutes left in this week's podcast, and that means it's time for Tyler to get his buttons ready. We are looking at the Oodle Noodle Hot and Cold Performers of the Week. If you head into any Oodle Noodle location, there are 14 around the city. They will be donating 10% from all takeout and curbside orders to local charities and initiatives. This week, they are working with Positively Princess. If you haven't seen the videos of Jay dancing with the <laughs> with the ladies, it's amazing. So head on over to Oodle Noodle Graham on Instagram or Oodle underscore Noodle on Twitter. Check out that video. They are hilarious. And I would also like to thank Jay for giving me all the ammunition I need to make memes about him. And that makes me happy. So we are going to start off with our veggies as we always do. This is our cold performers of the week. I'm going to look at Mr. Nation Dan's roof, and I'm going to look at him for his Oodle Noodle cold performer of the week well this one's different it's not necessarily that he's a cold performer it just you know it just kind of piles on to the fact that 2020 sucks but it's doc emmerich for retiring like why do the voices of hockey need to go away i, I you just just go right into the grave please like never wait, wait, stop wait. announcing hockey well, doc bob, emmerich for bob, retiring bob, bob cole kind of went to too long right so i think there is a time where you, you need to kind yeah. of jump out because people started to get angry at him regardless like hearing that it's stuff, sad right? it's need, sad when they go regardless no 100 100 you definitely need some cognitive thought to be able to call hockey and and you know for bob i think he's just kind of lost a little bit of that towards the end of his career i mean he was almost 90 but, but yeah, don't you but feel exactly. like Doc, Doc, Doc would be saying, like, I'm coming up close. Personally, this is what I think, because I'm coming close to this. I want to get out of here before uh, before I get to that situation. Yeah. We're in but a fighting, anyways, debating mood Emmerich today. For, wow. Yeah, we're, we're scrapping. Doc Emmerich for having retired. <laughs> Thanks, Doc, for your, uh, the 3,750 games you did call, but I wish you'd call some more. So you're my cold performer of the week. Put some respect on my name. <laughs> He did have some legendary calls. He had a great voice for it as well. Rick, I'm coming to you. Oodle Noodle, Cold Performer of the Week. Uh, it's going right to the thermometer, man. This is uh, it's a little it's getting a little chilly, a little quick for me. Uh, yeah, the snow I don't mind. The minus seven right now, I'm not a big fan of because we know that turns into minus 14, 21, and keeps going and going and going. So yeah, it's just getting a little too cold, a little too fast for me. So I'm going to throw it to the thermometer. <laughs> Mr. Yeremchuk, your Oodle Noodle Cold Performer of the Week. Uh, sometimes I like to branch out a little, talk about some other sports in this segment. I'm going to do that now. Bullpen games in baseball. Man, it's the World Series, and there were like 12 pitchers in Game 2 of the World Series. The game took forever. It was boring because of them. I hate bullpen games. I think the two teams in the World Series should have three or four starters that are capable of going five, six innings, and the games should be going a lot quicker than they are. Bullpen games are ruining 
baseball, and I do not like it. Worse. My Oodle Noodle Cold Performer of the Week goes to Sportsnet because for no reason, for absolutely no reason, they posted an article with a full breakdown of the Jordan Eberle trade tree today, and it was completely unnecessary. <laughs> I don't need to relive that. I already did it once. Pistol Pete is a complete maniac for how this went, and I'm really unhappy with Sportsnet for putting this on my timeline today at a moment when I just didn't need it. So I'm going to say Sportsnet, your historical piece on the Jordan Eberle trade tree is my cold performer of the week. I'm upset. I am upset, Drake. Thank you. Uh, flipping the ledger, we are going to the good news from the past seven days in our lives. I'm going to start with Tyler on this one. Tyler, you are up first. Noodle Noodle, hot performer of the week. Nice. And I actually, I think people are probably going to piggyback on uh, this one here, but it's uh, our boy Wanye who shared some very special news on the Real Life Podcast the other day. If you didn't hear it, Go listen to it. Congrats to Papa Wanye. He and his young boy are my hot performers of the week. Yeah! Shout out to Wanye. This was a, we'd been, Tyler can attest to it. We'd been sitting on it for real life for a month now before we finally got it out of him. So I'm happy the news is finally out. Happy with Josh Park for the video he made for the announcement. Josh, endlessly talented. Wanye, congrats on being a daddy. Well deserved, my friend Rick, coming at you. Little, little hot performer of the week. Well, yeah, I'll give that shout out to Wanye and the uh, Wanye Junior. Though I kind of expected them to uh, trying to get burst at back bar of the pint here, right by that nation sign. <laughs> but we'll we'll leave that alone. So I'm going to go with my real one here is Oiler prospect Raphael Lavoy. He's a player that we need to uh, live up to his potential. And I think right now, out in Sweden, I believe he is. He had a pretty good week there. A couple goals, a couple assists. Uh, he's kind of doing what, what we need him to do. So, Ralph, uh, yeah, I'm watching you, buddy. Keep it up. You called him Lavoie and Ralph in that. Yeah, the, yeah the <laughs> Ralph. Uh, that one, I've been struggling that for a while. Raphael Lavoie. Lavoie, my bad. The if other kid they drafted least, is Savoy, but it's Lavoie in this case. See, now Just I remember, remember, everyone's least favorite Ninja Turtle, Raphael. He's a dick, man. He was. Uh, if you want to read more about Raphael Lavoie, Cam Lewis has something up about his start to the season in Sweden up at OilersNation.com. That just went up about an hour ago. Mr. Nation Dan, your oodle noodle, top performer of the week. Well, you know, I know we'll all be fired if we don't say it. So congratulations to Wanye Jr. for coming <laughs> into this world and, and being announced in such a good way. But uh, my hot performer of the week uh, goes to my family who surprised me this on uh, Sunday morning yeah. when I woke up 34 years young and uh, had a message from one Zach Cassian uh, where he kind of, you know, he, he did his cameo uh, robotic, you know, always support the fans and, and that kind of thing. And then when he heard that I ran hockeyfights.com, he, he had that little smile on his face. So it was neat to get a neat to get a personal video there from, uh, from Zach Cassian from my family. So shout out to my family for that. Cash neat money. birthday present. If you haven't seen the video from Cassie and Dan, I'm also going to include that one in the article for this as well, or check them out, the Danalytic on Twitter and Instagram. It was fun. It was fun to see it. I was, Weathers Nation got a little shout out in there. Hockey Fights got a shout out. So very, very cool indeed. Uh, just to wrap it up, my hot performer is Jack. Jack is Wanya's baby. I've been sitting on this secret. Actually, you know what? 
I'm changing my hot performer of the week. I'm going to say Ooh. me. I'm going to say me <laughs> for keeping this secret since April. If Very you know good. me at all, I am not great at keeping secrets, especially when they're really fun and exciting news. So I'm going to go ahead and say keeping Wanye's baby a secret for months, despite all the times I wanted to leak it, or I almost said it on a podcast, or I almost said it on the radio, or wherever. Me. Congratulations to me. <laughs> Thank you very much. Tyler, excellent button. Uh, just to wrap things up again, I'm looking at Apple Podcasts. People, where are your reviews? Why do you hate us? Why do you hate us. us so much? Yeah, exactly. If you hate us, I want to know exactly what we did wrong and what we can do to rekindle our friendship in the podcast environment. Go to Apple Podcasts, review. If you find us on, where else are we, Tyler? Everywhere? Oh, yeah, we're everywhere. Google, Apple, uh, Spotify we're on. Uh, not on SoundCloud, but uh, the big if three. If you attach, if you fly a kite up in the air and you attach a key to it and you put it to your ear, you'll hear us as well. Exactly. Exactly. Dan has got science facts for you <laughs> that you probably didn't expect to hear today, but that's what matters. Please review our podcast. We just want to know what we're doing. We want to jump up and beat real life on the list of Canadian sports co- podcasts. Yes, I'm on that podcast as well. I don't care. I want this one to win because then we can throw it in everybody else's face when we record real life on Mondays and Thursdays. Thank you to everybody for being here and listening. Thank you to everybody for sharing. If you have any feedback or thoughts, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at ON Radio Podcast. ON Radio Podcast. And as always, I want to thank our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant, SkipTheDish.ca, and Oodle Noodle for making this all possible. They are fantastic sponsors, just like you are fantastic listeners. And for episode 109 of Oilers Nation Radio, that's a wrap. Have a great weekend, everybody. Shout out, Damien. Best wishes. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.